I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, that's how I'm that's how I'm starting tonight cuz I honestly can't believe the Flyers won a game. It is uh, a surprise to say the least. All right, we got one person in here, now six. We have some people in here, so we're going to get started in just a minute. Let me get some other stuff opened up here so I am prepared to talk about this. Uh did everyone see how I started the show? If you didn't Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! That's right. The Flyers won a game, so let's, uh, all right, there's a decent amount of people in here now. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Uh, welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Radio post-game show, and for the first time in, has it been a month? What's today? Oh, no, it would have been a month on Wednesday. For the first time in almost a month, the Flyers come away with a uh, a thing called a victory. It's uh, In case you're all not familiar, it's been a little while. Uh, they play a game, typically 60 minutes, and uh, the team with the most goals at the end of those 60 minutes is uh, declared the winner. For the first time since November 8th at home against Chicago, uh, the Flyers were declared that winner uh, by outscoring their opponent, this time by a score. What was even the final? I don't... <laughs> by a score of 5-2. to two. Uh, That was uh, – I, I liked what I saw them getting that uh... – that fifth goal, I can't even be overly critical. There was a lot. There was a lot that wasn't right about tonight's game. Um, plenty, but this, I guess, we can just call it a. Uh, we can call it a building block. We can call it a building block game. I guess. After you lose ten in a row, it doesn't matter if it's pretty. You just got to get that victory to get things going in the right. Uh, in the right direction again. You know, before the game, I saw the quotes like all of you did. Uh, I think I saw Karchidi tweet it, but it was it was all the beats and everybody. Uh, Hextall said uh, that Dave Hextall is going to be the coach for the rest of this season and beyond. Uh, so you know, most of the time I don't take uh, I don't take too seriously what players, coaches, or general managers, really anyone says, because they just speak in they just speak in cliches and everything's rehearsed and it's it's meaningless. But when the general manager comes out and says he is the coach, and we talked about this on Broad Street Hockey Radio uh, the last two weeks, I think, with um, Hextall coming out and making comments like this. A lot of it is directed at the players, um, letting the players know you're not going to just get the coach fired because you're playing like shit. Uh, they, they were so bad against San Jose uh, last Tuesday, and then they followed that up. They had three, day, three days without a game, and then they come out on Saturday against Boston, and they are equally as bad, just showing nothing. Uh, so it makes sense that the general manager, if he is going to stick with his plan, comes out and says, hey, guys, no, we're not. If you plan on just letting this thing get out of hand, it's not going to do anything but make your season miserable because I am not firing the coach. So if if 
if all that is um, the thinking behind this Hackstall's the coach for this season and beyond, um, I am going to now – It is tonight is day one of the new season for me. All right, they broke the streak. Let's see what they do from here. They get a win. It's an ugly win. They didn't play particularly well. But when you don't win for basically a month, uh, I'll take it. When, uh, you know, if they were in the situation they were in, they it, you can't call it a must win because must win for what at this point, I guess. But uh, it, it was – good to come out and get the kind of performance they did. They got some breaks for the first time in a little bit tonight. Um, but there are still so many things that are concerning about this team. Um, first and foremost, because it's the first thing off the top of my head, uh, Brandon Manning was uh, – Ooh, Brandon Manning had himself a little game tonight, didn't he? That was uh, – Jesus, I – I just can't with with some of these some of these lineup decisions. You know, when you see the uh, the Patrick Konechny and Weiss line uh, at like I, they were at like less than ten percent uh, Corsi percentage, like after the first period, you go, oh yeah, Dale Weiss, one of those veterans who's supposed to be helping the young guys. Oh yeah, it really seems to be having a really seems to be having a big impact. And listen, I've said many times, Travis Konechny has some holes in his game. Nolan Patrick is going to uh, Nolan Patrick is going to require some adjustment. It is going to take some time before we want to see what we're before we see what we want to see out of Nolan Patrick. But like Dale Weiss is the Andrew McDonald of the offense at this point. You just put him on a line and hope he doesn't hurt them too badly. And it was not great tonight. Uh, that the first thing I wanted to talk about, however, was uh, Patrick and Konechny. And their time on ice report. Let us try to find that. First of all, okay, Travis Konechny did not see a shift in the third period. He saw no power play time in the second and didn't see any time at all in the third. Uh, let's see. He came off the ice with... I think 1:15 left in the second period, and that was the last time. Uh, that was the last time he was seen. So that's you know that's concerning. Like, listen, ending the streak, I get it. You had to do that, but what is the point of this season if it's not letting the guys who are gonna be here work out their issues? Uh, let's see here. Where is? Nolan Patrick, here he is. He saw two shifts in the third period. Uh, let's see here. Two shifts in the third period, a total of 46 seconds, and an average of 46 seconds. He played a minute 33 in the third and it was all on the power play, I believe, during that five-minute major. So that was all the time Nolan Patrick got. Uh, so I understand the coach has very few uh, options if he wants to get through to players, and ice time is the number one thing you use to teach a lesson. However, if this season isn't about getting – the players who don't have that experience, the experience they need, what's it about? Um, 
we're told constantly how much experience matters, how badly they need guys like Andrew McDonald and Dale Weiss and Valtteri Filppula and this whole gang of veterans uh, simply because they have experience. That is the only thing uh, the coaches are able to point to with a certain group of the veterans who continue to play night in and night out. And um, it's, it's, Okay, so that's important. We have determined experience is important. How are Patrick and Konechny and guys of that nature supposed to get experience in situations like you're trying to put a game away in the third, you have a lead, let's win it now because they've been blowing leads uh, during this losing streak. How are they supposed to get the experience if you won't give it to them? That's uh, it's like when it's like people, you know, it's like us millennials when we, you know, go and fill out a job application like oh yeah um you need a bachelor's degree you need a master's degree and you need six years experience of this entry-level position well uh, like and that's my reaction to uh to hackstall's reliance on these veterans and i get it tonight if tonight this is one of those things i went back to last year when i looked at some of hackstall's moves and defended him if they happened in a vacuum then I would be fine with it because, okay, you just needed to end the streak, so you went to your veterans tonight. They end the losing streak. That's cool. But he sat those two in the third period last game, and they lost, and they were losing. They weren't nursing a lead. They weren't just trying to hold on here. They're down a goal, and they have gifted offensive players sitting on the bench. If you don't have them in that game, in what situation will they be useful to you? I I just I don't understand the way the coach uh, applies different. And did Dale Weiss uh, Dale Weiss? Okay, so Weiss only saw one shift in the third, uh, and Jesus, it was seven seconds. Dale Weiss played seven seconds. So really, they just shortened the bench to three lines in the third period. Uh, he did not play that uh, that Patrick Weiss Konechny line at all in the third period. So that's just what he, uh, that's just what he went with. Um, I guess you just, he just is, doesn't trust that trio. They, they don't have, even with Weiss, they just don't have the, uh, they don't have the coach's confidence and Hey, they haven't necessarily earned it. I just think some people in this organization have an inflated view of what, like, Watching this team, like I said, they won tonight, and that's all well and good. They were outshot 45-21 to 21 tonight. Yeah, I, That's not a winning formula. You played well enough to win tonight because you got some calls. You get the Andrew McDonald call where he – I think McDonald high-sticked Couturier, and somehow the Flames end up in the penalty box because of it, and the Flyers get a goal right away. Wayne Simmons comes out and uh, he scores, and there you go. There's there's a goal right there. That's they win by three. That's the that's the difference in a third period comeback, or you know just hoping for something. And I like this was not a, a winning formula tonight. What Konechny played seven fifty six a minute four on the power play. Uh, it's amazing. Raffle all of a sudden has the coach's confidence again, 1747, including a minute 27 on the power play and 35 seconds shorthanded. Uh, who else played a surprising amount of ice time tonight? Lear only got uh, 1226, no time on the penalty kill. So they're kind of done with the Taylor Lear on the penalty kill experiment. And I can't say I necessarily blame them. 
Um, liked what I saw out of Jordan Wheel tonight. Jordan Wheel uh, got that assist uh, when he took the puck from behind the net and wrapped it around, went to the backhand on net. The rebound comes out. Uh, I think Lawton put that home. Taylor or Jordan Wheel last year uh, was successful because he made plays below the goal line and got pucks to the net, got himself to the net. And that's what he did today, and that's what he needs to continue to do if he wants to get back to the player he was um, beginning of this season and the end of last season. Because before Jordan Wheel uh, went out with injury, even though the numbers weren't there, I thought he was playing really well. I thought he's been kind of almost invisible since he's come back from uh, missing a couple of games last month. But it appears as if, at least for one night, he is back to what made him uh, successful last year. Uh, he's playing with – he's with Philpola and Simmons, right? So that's a that's a trio – or no, Philpola and Voracek, excuse me. Yeah, they moved Voracek, bumped uh, Simmons up to the first line. So that's a that's a talented trio. Maybe he can make something work there, uh, get going a little bit. I, you know, I would just love to have uh, Nolan Patrick with line mates of that caliber. I feel like Nolan Patrick's being uh, – I'm not held down because he needs to do more on his own. He needs to make fewer uh, – he needs to make better decisions. He needs to have fewer turnovers and things like that. I wish he had better line mates. But when you don't distinguish yourself, you do have to earn your ice time in that regard. While I – you know, when you only have so many good players to stack up, uh, it's just uh, you got to go with what's working. And he hasn't uh, – he hasn't done enough of that yet. But, again, I, I always expected an adjustment period with Nolan Patrick. I really believe uh, he'll get going. So I don't really have a lot. Like I said, this was not a great game for the Flyers, but it's great in the fact that they won. When you lose 10 in a row, it doesn't matter how you do it. You just have to end the streak. And I'm going to judge them from here on out. All right, you had a shit 10-game streak, and maybe it threw the standings in whack. Maybe you're not as bad as uh, maybe you're not as bad as you were during that streak. Maybe you weren't as good as you were. Uh, just in the way they were playing the first 11 games of the season. But I'm going to judge them from here on out. Uh, they win tonight. Not great, but they win, and that's all that matters right now. You had to end that losing streak. So let's just get to some of your, uh, let's get to some of your questions and comments. And I don't have a ton tonight, so let's just see how long this goes. Uh, let's start with. Let's start with you, Sam Ludlum. Uh, Elliot was awesome. This defensive system is awful. Please, for the love of Pete, get rid of Gort Murphy if no one else. It's they. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like defensive zone coverage. I can't even call it coverage with this team sometimes because there are so many undefended players in the slot, like directly in front of the goaltender, out to the hash marks, out to the like guys just opened, not even getting away from their coverage, just not covered at all. I, I can't I can't explain it, but Elliot played great, but still has the same problems staying down on his knees and back in the net and also noticed uh he's been weak in the five hole as well, but gotta give him credit. He played stellar and picks. Uh pucks were just hitting him square. Elliot is a good goaltender, and that's it. He is here to be good. He is not here to be great. He was signed with the understanding of last year, as bad as the Flyers were. If they get competent goaltending, they're in the playoffs. As many problems as the team had last year. And it was not just Mason and Neufer. But uh, 
Mason and Neuvert couldn't buy a save last year. Brian Elliott was brought in with the understanding that if he has a 915 save percentage, this team could make the playoffs. This year, uh, all the same holes, maybe even more inexperience, other things catching up to the team. They're not uh, – it's not just the goaltending uh, as much as it was last year. And that's showing. But for the most part, he's fine. Brian Elliott is fine. He's a fine goalie. He'll be here for two years and play well, and then he'll be gone. I, Brian Elliott is fine. He's not great. He's just a guy who's here until hopefully Carter Hart or Felix Sandstrom develops. That's all we can really hope for. They won, so can we do the cheerleader hour thing? I, I can't do it tonight. Like, I am happy they won. I really, really am. I'm glad the streak is over. Um, if they weren't going to lose out for the entire season, which would have just been fun to watch, like how long can it go? I'm glad the streak's over. I'm glad we have that behind us, and now we can just – I can make my assessments of who individuals are, who the team is from here forward. Uh, now we're – you know, we, we have – the holiday coming up, and then January on, we will be able to see who this team really is as it gets into the the deep part of the season. They start playing some some more uh, some more division games, some more conference games, and I'm going to really see. I'm going to see if I can put the first part of this season completely behind me and judge them from here. Let's the first eleven games. I thought they were great, even when they weren't winning. Uh, I thought there were a lot more positives than negatives to be taken from their losses, and they won a decent amount of games. Then November happened. They won twice in the month of November. The losing streak bled over into December, and now they win December fourth in Calgary. Let's see who they are from here. Nolan Patrick is not an NHL-level skater. He has very skilled hands, but his feet are still way behind. And that is not a false statement. Um, not yet. You can play in this league at his speed. He has some catching up to do. Uh, I think the the ineligibility uh, to play in the AHL hurts him. I think this he'd be a great candidate to get some seasoning down in the AHL and kind of take steps to get to where he needs to be, but you'll, you couldn't leave him in the CHL anymore. Um, he had outgrown that league and the way the franchise, uh, the way Brandon handled his, um, his injury last season, I don't want him anywhere near that franchise. I want him in the organization since he can't be sent to the Phantoms because he's not 20 years old when the season started. He has to be up here. It's going to be an adjustment. He has to learn what he can and can't do at his speed and at his size at this level. Um, it's going to be, it's going to take some time, but I think, I, I think I've seen enough of what I believe he can be to know I, th I have no worries about Nolan Patrick. I don't think he's a bust. I don't think he's not uh, going to be an impact player. I don't know if he's going to be your number one franchise center, but I think he's going to be a very, very nice player for this team. Uh, but it's going to be an adjustment period. I'm not worried about the long term of Nolan Patrick. However, it would be nice if he was contributing more at this level right now. But that's just one of the things you go through with young kids. Some guys, some guys flash right away, and some guys don't. He's one who hasn't yet. It's one thing that Hextall wants to keep Hextall, 
but how can Hex be okay with the ice time Konechny and Patrick are getting? That's a great question. Uh, as of right this moment, my answer to that would be, I suppose he doesn't want to usurp the coach. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want to create the impression that uh, the coach is anything but all powerful. He wants to empower the coach and allow the coach to make the decisions and make all the players respect the coach's authority, I guess. But on the other hand, you have to think about the development of these players. Um, these are the guys who you're going to be counting on in the long term. Is Hackstall going to be the coach of this team long, uh, long term? I don't think so. The general manager says so, but you can only, I mean, you know, if they lose tonight in the next three, whatever the, the general manager said today, doesn't matter. Like the coach could have very, very well been fired, um, you know, by Friday. But the development of the young players continues to be the main concern. And I don't think anyone can be happy with the, with the ice time connecting and Patrick are getting. Wasn't a primary reason Hackstall was brought in his perceived ability to work well with the prospects because of his college experience. That's what we all believed. I mean, that's kind of what we were led to believe. Oh, this makes sense. They're reaching for a college coach because they have all these guys who are like college age. Okay. Makes sense. Um, so far, the only thing he's done uh, is move the only real successful uh, his only real successful like decision has been moving Claude Giroux to wing, and Claude Giroux, you know, has scored ninety points in this league before. He's been an MVP candidate, and he's almost thirty years old. Like it's not like he had some hand in the development of Claude Giroux. Maybe he's keeping him younger and letting him, you know, extend his prime a little. But uh, it, it's not like he developed Claude. I, I, I don't know what Hackstall's. Uh, I don't know what Hackstall's specialty is at this point. Um, but again, I'm going to judge, including the coach. Uh, again, I don't want, I don't want hack here uh, long-term, but I'm going to, now that the losing streak is behind us, like I said, clean sleeve for everybody from here on out from December 4th forward is now December 5th. It is after midnight uh, for those of us on the East coast from here forward. Let's see what happens. So in 24 hours, the Eagles and Sixers lose, but Flyers win a game uh, for first time since forever. Yeah, pretty much. So for all the people who were saying the Flyers are taking L's so the Sixers don't have to, or so the Eagles don't have to, maybe there's something to that. <laughs> Flyers or The Eagles finally lost, so Flyers could take one. Uh, let's hope they start losing again so the Eagles win in L.A. on Sunday. That would be nice. Um, seems like every game guys get free. To Elliot's right, and they easily get the score right over the shoulder. Yeah, the, the coverage is I, – I don't know. There's There are just some real holes in the Flyers' defensive zone coverage. You can't give Patrick a ton of ice time yet if he can't keep up with the play. There's something to that, but he's not going to be able to learn. And, again, if tonight was in a vacuum, we just need to end the streak, and this is what we did – Okay, but since it's not, since it's a continuous issue, um, how's he supposed to learn what he can and can't do at his size and his speed 
if he's not given the opportunity. Bill, I know that they scored one on the power play tonight, but what happened to the power play? It looks they've started the year with San Jose, getting the puck on net quick and surprising the goal. They were 3-5 in the power play that game, and I thought we would see more of that new strategy this year, but it has disappeared thoughts. Yeah, I talked about this a bit on Saturday. Um, they were throwing a lot of different looks for the first couple of games of the season out there. They would set up in their their traditional 1-3-1, uh, and then they would move guys around. There would just be some movement. They would swap Voracek and, and Ghost. They would swap Voracek and Giroux. They would have Giroux behind the net and just give different looks uh, just, to, just to change, just to uh, – you know, get the D not just so set on stopping the one thing, Drew on the left wing boards, dishing either across or over or up to Ghost, and it was successful. And they've seemed to really get away from that. Uh, the goal they scored on the power play tonight, happy to see it was because they had quick puck movement, and that's what it was all about. Um, I don't mind when they're in their typical set, but I just think they get a little too. Uh, they just slow it down. They get a little too methodical oftentimes. And uh, the the quick passing is what works for these guys. The threat of of being able to stretch the D, get the goalie moving, get the, you know, get the box spread out a little, the defense. And um, when they slow it down, they play into the, they play into the defense's hands. I think um, I, I liked what I saw out of the goal tonight, but yeah, overall uh, the power play has gotten away from what made it successful to start the season. It pains my heart to see it, but am I wrong to be disappointed in Nolan Patrick and wish we were getting more out of him? Uh, his relative Corsi 4 is 10.5 and his expected goals 4 is minus 7.1. He's making tons of poor choices and he's not scoring. Yeah, I, it would definitely be awesome to be getting more out of him and the fact that he looked good in the preseason enough that, okay, we can put him in this middle six role and it could be a really um, – could be a really effective, uh, you know, he could be really effective for us. Hasn't really happened yet. Um, so you're to you can you're totally right in feeling disappointed. Obviously, second overall pick, you want this guy to come out and just be be on fire. But I just think he wasn't going to be that guy. Like he wasn't going to be the guy who came out and was great right away. Because I've said this here a million times, he doesn't have that. Um, he doesn't have really breakaway speed, and he's always depended on his size and strength uh, to be able to muscle guys off the puck, to be able to protect the puck, and to be able to distribute off the rush just by uh, using his reach and um, you know, putting the puck around defenders that way. Now he's in a league where everyone's as strong as he is, and everyone's faster than him. So it's just going to take some time for him to realize what he can and can't do at this level. I expect him to develop into a very, very nice player. I don't know if he's going to be an all-star, a number one, like a, like a real number one center. I think he's going to be a really nice player, but I think it's going to take some time. Flyers got the lucky bounces and calls this game. Haven't looked like the play-driving team they were at the start of the season, same underlying problems I fear exist. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's totally fair. Uh, again, in a vacuum tonight, I'm just happy they got a freaking win, ended this goddamn losing streak just so I don't have to talk about it anymore. But if you watched the game and then look at, like, you know, they were outshot, I think I said 45-21, is that what it was? 
you outshot 45-21. Like, that's not a formula for victories in the future. Um, good to end the streak, but, yeah, they have plenty of issues. I had to watch the Calgary feed, and they talked at length on how the Flyers will not be able to re-sign Simmons. What do you think, Bill? It will be a uh, an interesting scenario, basically from here until he is either traded or gets to free agency. Uh, that's all I can say. Um, the options at this point are cashing your chips on Simmons between now and the trade deadline next year, and you'll you'll get the most for him now because he signed through next season. Uh, you'll get the most for him between right now and this year's trade deadline. But he signed through next season. Uh, if he's not a rental and he's making under four mil, uh, that's more attractive. More teams will be interested. You'll be able to get more bids um, in on him. But it. If he gets back on his scoring pace, I mean, you're looking at a six-year, six-mil-a-season kind of contract. And when you look at the other guys, they're going to have to resign. And some of the commitments they already have that they'll be still in uh, by the time he's up after next year, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult thing to do. You're this is going to be what they do with Simmons could be Hextall's first real like okay, man, you're in charge. This is the decision that's on you. Like, this is a tough one. Everyone loves Wayne Simmons. I love Wayne Simmons. Like, you know, I'm sure the coach loves Wayne Simmons. Everyone who's ever played hockey with Wayne Simmons loves him. Can you afford to keep him? Can you afford to keep him and lose what you might lose if you keep him? This is going to be a tough decision for Hextall, and it's going to be his first real, all right, man, let's see what you got here, because you already let, you already let Braden Shen go. And this is a team that really struggles to score. So let's see. Let's see what happens. It's going to be interesting time between now and if they don't trade him next year's, uh, what would it be? July 1st, 2019, I guess, is when he's a free agent. I will get my cheerleader hour before this season ends. Good day. Hey, man, they beat Calgary. That's all well and good. I'm happy they won, but, you know. How about that five-minute power play? Two shots, yikes. And just have to agree that our defensive system is going to be a concern all season long unless there's some sort of change. I've defended Hack since he's come on board but can no longer pretend he can lead us in the long term. I agree with all that. Yeah, that five-minute power play was maybe the worst five-minute power play I've ever seen. It was bad. Did we talk about Sanheim being stable to the bench in the third? We didn't. I didn't even get to Sanheim. What was he looking like in the third period? Where are you, Travis? Konechny, Provorov, Haig, Sanheim, here you are. Third period, he got one shift, um, 18 seconds at even strength. He got one even strength shift, no power play time, one shift. And it was when? It was a minute 26 into the game. Into the a minute 26 into the third period, he came off the ice with a minute 44. Uh, with 18, he came off the ice with 18 16 left in the third period and never got back on the ice again. I don't understand. Um, I just don't understand that strategy. How can you ever depend on guys if you're not willing to depend on them now? I, how can they earn your trust if you don't put them in this position to earn it? Uh, that's it's just not 
just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. It's not, it wouldn't be my way. It would not be my way of coaching, especially when I'm tasked with developing young players that the organization has invested in. With the, with the overall influx of really good young talent, the NHL needs to put in some type of exemption rule for teams to send one or two players under 20 to the AHL. Some guys just outgrew grow juniors but aren't quite ready for the NHL. I fully agree. I really hate the uh, I really hate the uh, the the eligibility rule that the the you know C, the CHL eligible players can't play in the AHL. But um, it is the way it is at this point. I guess if the CHL is going to be your feeder league, you have to um, you know the guys who were drafted by NHL teams sell tickets. I guess you know they the these are the guys people want to see the the Sanheims, the Konechnys, the Patricks. That's who thats who gets fans out to the building is those types of players. And if you could just throw them in the AHL at a, you know, 18, 19 years old, it would be a lot harder on those franchises who are your feeder franchises. It's, it's, a, it's a free developmental league for the NHL. So I guess it's just kind of a, just kind of one of those deals where, eh, you know, kind of got to throw them a bone too. I have a feeling they will win maybe two more games before going on a small winless streak until until New Year's. Anything's possible. It's December again. Another 10-game winning streak? Why the hell not? You think more Martell or any other call-ups in the past will be here permanently? Permanently? Um, I'm still... Let's do a little stat check here. Haven't really... Followed the Phantoms all that closely, but I hear they're doing well um, since this since this losing streak started. I have been watching more and more uh, professional wrestling because it's just you know a bummer, <laughs> you know, watching as much hockey as as I was. All right, so Vecchioni still, you know, 20 points, 23 games. Donnie Martel, 20 and 20. Uh, hasn't scored in a little while, though. Uh, had 14 goals in 14 games. Now he's got 14 and 20. Again, great number. But um, would like to see him pick it back up a little. Um, Lindblom still at four goals, 13 points in 23 games. I don't know if Lindblom's going to get the call up I expected. I really thought he was going to pick it up uh, in the month of November, but there's still time for him to make my uh to make my uh prediction of he getting his call up Thursday the 28th of December against Florida. That's what I thought was going to happen, but uh, I don't think they really believe in Martell all that much. I think they wanted to give him a look because he was off to such a hot start. The team just needed something. Um but I don't think they really believe in him as a true, like, NHL-level prospect. He'll probably get another chance, but I don't think they think he's um, a guy who's going to be playing top six minutes for them anytime soon. Season is only going to get harder from this point on, as the rest of the season is going to be all in the East uh, Division games and conference rivals since we're only about a quarter of the season through and have wrapped up seven West Coast season series already. They're going to have to learn to play really hard every night with constant rivalries. And that's that's the thing is if you're not going to play, 
your young guys when you have a two or three goal lead uh, against the Calgary Flames? Like, when are you going to play them? That's that's my issue. That's my real issue with the coach right now. It's I'm putting a lot of stuff behind me and just looking at okay from here on out and like why isn't Travis Sanheim playing in the third period with a three goal lead? Like that's asinine. What's it going to take for take for Weiss to get moved down the lineup? Raffle had a great game. Could we see him dig into Weiss's ice time? I mean, he really did dig into Weiss's ice time. Um, Raffle played, what, 1747, including some power play and some penalty kill time. And Dale Weiss played, did he play a team low in ice time? 646, did anyone play less than him? Konechny, 756. Patrick, 822. Dale Weiss, 646. I mean, Dale Weiss right now is being used as the 12th forward. He is playing less than anybody. Um, they just don't feel as if they have a replacement, I guess. They tried Yuri Laterra, and they like Weiss better. I don't know if I uh, – I don't even – they're both so bad. Reed is now down with the Phantoms. I don't understand why Vecchioni isn't up here. I guess they want him to play center, but he'd be better as a wing move – as a center move to wing than Dale Weiss. All these other guys have already – like, he's already had his ice time cut into. The only thing now is to move him out of the lineup entirely. Only way Weiss or Fibula are played o- over is if they're hurt, which we don't need any more injuries. Uh, looking like the lottery was right with Nico at number one. For now, it's it takes time. It takes time. It's going to – Nico was a great pick. I liked Nico a lot. I would have been just – I would have been just as happy with Nico Hishier if he had fallen the two uh, or if the Flyers had the first pick and taken him over uh, Nolan Patrick. But Nolan is who we have, and uh, I think it's going to pay off down the line. He may never be Nico. Who knows? Um, but I think it's going to take more than, you know, the 25 games or whatever the hell they've played so far uh, before we're really able to judge who was right there. If Weiss is out for – oh, that's right, Dale Weiss got hurt. Did he come back? I didn't even remember that. Uh, so maybe that's why he had his ice time cut into so much. I don't remember if he came back. forgot about that. Did Hextall actually once again come out and say Hextall is here for the rest of the season and beyond? What, what type of GM makes such a dumb statement like that? We could go on a 10, 10 to 35 streak and he has to defend that. Uh, they keep asking him, and clearly it's not about this year. That's what – he's just got to get through it, kind of like Brett Brown. That's that's my only takeaway is that, okay, that means it's not really about results this year. But if it's not about results this year, again, why the fuck isn't Travis Konechny or Nolan Patrick or, or goddamn Travis Sanheim playing in the third period? Like, I just – there's all – I try to logic it together, and I can't. That's, that's my problem is, like – Okay, you say this, which means this, but then how come in practice none of it is makes any I, – I, I can't explain it to myself anymore, which is why I'm done trying to defend Hack. I really did it because I was – for a little while I was able to be like, okay, he did this because of this, so this is why. And now I can't find logic in any of it, so who the hell knows.
favorite wrestler, current and all time. Uh, all time is Mick Foley. Shawn Michaels is a close second. Mick Foley is my all time favorite wrestler. Um, current. Hmm. Favorite. Favorite. AJ. Got to go with AJ Styles there. Um, couple of guys close, but AJ is constantly great. Constantly great. Um, That's a Chris Slavin makes a point here is that it took us a while to see uh, Sean Couturier develop. And a lot of people in the comments are worried about uh, Nolan Patrick and Sean Couturier is another guy who kind of had to learn what he couldn't, what he could and couldn't do at his speed. Uh, and he, he was a guy who was given uh, more of a role and just asked to do one thing um, on a team that had some depth. That's the other thing. It was a, it was a team that had some depth didn't necessarily need him to score a ton when he did. It was a, it was a, it was a nice, it was a nice bonus. But you had, you know, you had that top line with, uh, with Giroux, Hartnell, and um, and uh, Yager. You had, you know, young Voracek who started to break out that first year, really more in the second year. But you had Voracek fresh from Columbus. You still had Briere who was, you know, still able to give you something. So a bit of a different circumstance. Um, I think we're just depending on Patrick Moore, and with the influx of other young players, we're more comparing him to uh, to some to some legitimate superstars. We've seen flourish in his situation recently. It's um, you know we're it's when the Flyers drafted Couturier, we weren't used to seeing the Flyers actually like draft guys they usually just traded their draft picks you know so it was it was kind of a different deal now we're used to team all teams really looking more at the draft as something other than a way to get uh players at the deadline you're really depending on being able to build uh from within and so i think there's a lot that plays into it but again yeah i want to see more out of nolan patrick just like everybody i just believe uh even if it takes even if he spends if he plays 60 games in the AHL next year, I won't be all that concerned about Nolan Patrick's development. And quite honestly, if Dave Haxtell is still the coach next year, it wouldn't even bother me all that much if Nolan Patrick started the year in the AHL because I don't want him with this coach. I don't want him just losing every night either. Like maybe it would do him some good to go down to the AHL and like just get his just get his game together, learn to dominate again, and uh, win. But uh, he. He's not eligible right now, so just looking a little far ahead. But I'm not really concerned with Nolan Patrick at this point. I uh, would love to see more out of him, but I always just expected it to take a little while. If and when Hack gets fired, hopefully when, for Steph's sanity, should Hexy go for a more offensive-minded coach? I guess, but I, you know, this team has been offensive-minded at times. They just, they they make a couple of mistakes and just go into this shell. I, uh, My guy right now is Jim Montgomery for two reasons. Uh, I just really like his resume, and I want to see the world burn when the Flyers hire another college coach. So, a little bit of both there. 
Coots is still young, hard to believe, since it seems like he's been a flyer forever. No, that's 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 it's crazy how long he's been here, considering he turns twenty five. Um, what in two days? He turns twenty five, I think, on the seventh, so Thursday. Like <laughs> he was in our top twenty five under twenty five again this year. He's some guys just take a little longer, and the patience pays off. Um, I'm really hoping Nolan Patrick doesn't take like six years, but hopefully we don't have him in a situation like we had Couturier where his best line mate was Matt Reed. Like you had him out there with Zach Ronaldo sometimes. So hopefully that's not what we do with Patrick and we see uh, more development faster than we did with Couturier. Although Couturier played the one role he was asked to play, you know, pretty well. Want to just see a more complete game out of Nolan Patrick moving forward. But it's not just one guy out there. In the future, two to three years, do we have to be getting lucky with the draft or free agency slash trades? Always need to be lucky in the draft. Always need to be lucky. You can have all the great scouts in the world. You need to be lucky. Some guys have it. Some guys don't. You never know what's in a kid's head. You never know about injuries. So many things. You have to be lucky in the draft. Um, free agency, they have to be more savvy. They have to realize a four-year investment in the Dale Weeses of the world is a bad investment. Uh, they have to make decisions like, do we re-up Wayne Simmons at potentially, you know, six years, 36 mil? Do we? That's a, the, you have to be savvy. You have to make tough decisions. Uh, and trades, <sighs> Hextall has done well in acquiring assets for NHL players. Um, trades that make the team better, he hasn't really made one of those yet. I guess you could point to getting Philpola in the strike trade, even though you're kind of just selling strike for some picks. You end up with Philpola, and uh, he ends up contributing some for you. I guess he made the team better just because they didn't have three functional centers last year and now. And then they did, and they played better once they got them. But they definitely need to make better trades. I don't know about being lucky. Um, I just have to see Hextall make a trade that makes the NHL product better before I can judge him on that. He's done a great job getting assets for NHL players. Great job. Um, we'll see about that other end of it. Some of the best Flyers lines of the past years featured a guy with grit, Hartnell, Knubel on the wing, come to mind. Simmons is the only guy on the roster who fits the bill. I think Hextall was hoping Weiss would be that. Any young guys coming up that could fill that role in the future? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely quite a few. Um, you know, they, they draft guys like Isaac Ratcliffe, who's just a big guy, great hands, but can also uh, do work. Um, Matthew Strom, another big guy, uh, plays physically. I would like to see definitely a physical edge to this team. Um, but I just more speed. Speed and scoring is what I want to see this team add more than anything. Uh, guys who can just put the puck in the net and guys who can just skate their asses off at this level. Um, I, you know, the Oscar Lindbloms of the world are great. I hope he turns into a really nice 25 goal power forward, but I want to see, uh, I just want to see, you know, 
I want to see Mitch Marner's. I want to see what we thought Travis Konechny was. Those are the types of – obviously, you need grit, you need physicality, all that stuff. But I want to see skill and scoring more than anything. Um, I just don't think there's enough pure scoring. Even with our great prospect pool, I don't know if we've focused enough on guys who can put the puck in the net. And I get um, you want to build as much depth in terms of – complete centers and guys who can just help you win games and uh, playmakers and things of that nature. But you need a couple of dudes who's, who are just killers, just bang goal. Like I, I would like to see a little bit more of um, an emphasis on those types of players. Now that they have stockpiled so many, uh, so many guys like Rubsov, uh, like Morgan Frost, I would like to see more of an emphasis on pure goal scoring. The Flyers should do so. I don't. I didn't read all of this, but I love the first sentence. I want to see where it goes. The Flyers should do something that hasn't been done before since they don't want to fire Hackstall. He should be. He should really be sent to the Phantoms and bring up Gordon just to experiment. It shouldn't be just with the players that get sent up and down. If he improves in a year or so, he gains experience. <laughs> Uh, then they could bring it back to the Flyers. He would be an exper- It would be an experiment never seen before. I wouldn't mind that at all. First of all, just for how goddamn funny it would be. And uh, you know, we talk so much about how much experience matters. Well, he's a coach who had none. He had none, so maybe he needs some seasoning down in the AHL. I love that idea. Absolutely love it, Jason. All right, guys, I think that is all the time we have for you on the BSH Radio postgame show. Thank you so much for hanging out. Hey, they broke the streak tonight. That's all well and good. I wouldn't say it's a uh, real formula for success moving forward. Out shot 45-21. But when you you get a couple bounces, you get a couple calls, you get a couple goals right in a row, just take the wind out of the other team's sails. Um, you take what you can get after 10 losses in a row. So maybe they can build on this. Maybe it's just a I, – like I said – New season started today for me. I am going to judge them from here on out. They didn't play great, but they got a win. Let's see if they can build on it. Uh, I will be back. What are they playing? I believe I have post games both Wednesday and Thursday this week. Uh, So I will see you again later this week. Until then, have a great night, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.